Hey, this is Andrew Jacobs, and I'm sharing my time capsule on Growing Up Rock with Stephen Michael. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael. Hey, welcome to another episode of Growing Up Rock Time Capsule. On today's show, we have Andrew Jacobs. Andrew, what's going on, buddy? Hi, Stephen. How's it going? It's going great, my friend. Welcome to the show. We're happy to have you on. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be on. Uh, you guys are uh, a new um, up-and-coming podcast, but uh, you're... You've uh, you've got done some great work so far, and I, I think it's just gonna uh, grow from here. And I think there's a lot uh, lot lot to look forward to. Yeah. So, like on uh, on most of the episodes that Sonny and I do, we talk about um, uh, our belief that everybody has a rock and roll story to tell, and so we ask listeners to write in and uh, uh, go to the website grownuprock.com and and just kind of go to the contact form and and tell us your story. Uh, and whether that's on our Facebook page or whether it's at the website, uh, we just look for people's stories because it could be uh, something to do with the first time you heard an album or your first concert or, uh, in your case, uh, working at a record store and running into uh, uh, the guy from Slayer, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, Back in uh, 2002... Um, I was working as a substitute teacher, and uh, as a teacher, I don't know if, uh, as a substitute teacher anyway, uh, you get paid once a month, and uh, I obviously, I couldn't wait a month to get paid each time, so to supplement my income, I took a part-time job at an FYE record store. One day when I was uh, working, I, I noticed someone... Uh, in the store, uh, who looked uh, looked like Kerry King, and then I he started uh, walking up to my cash register uh, with a South Park DVD in his hand, and as I as I noticed him walking closer, I could I could see uh, his tattoos, so I knew it was him, and he walked up to my register and he put the uh, the DVD on the counter, and he said, uh, "I've been looking all over for this." Now, I because um, I've o- I'm only like a very casual uh, Slayer fan, and I guess uh, also because you know I didn't want to come off uh, like a fanboy. I didn't say anything to him, but uh, he was nice, and I rang him up, and uh, <laughs> one of the funny things uh, is uh, right before he left. Uh, at the time uh, that he that he came in, uh, this was right around the time that uh, uh, Christina Aguilera's album Stripped uh, was about to be released. So we had this like huge life size posters, like bigger than Christina Aguilera herself, and she was half naked in it. <laughs> and I remember as Carrie was leaving the store. He like stopped and looked at the poster. He just stared at it for about like ten seconds, 
and just kept walking out. It was funny. And, and why wouldn't you? Come on. if you... <laughs> Yeah, she's a good-looking girl. If you're a heterosexual male and you saw that, <laughs> you would definitely want to stand and look at that for a little while. At least we know Carrie King has a sense of humor if he's buying a South Park uh, DVD, right? Because those guys yeah. crack me up. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a huge South Park fan. I, I like South Park. It's just uh, they don't they don't care. They're equal opportunity offenders, as I like to call them, and I love it. Uh, so that's that's awesome. Well, so tell us a little bit about how you uh, first got into um, uh, music. What were some of your earliest memories of music growing up? Well, uh, I was born in uh, 1970, uh, and my parents uh, my parents were both huge uh, rock and roll fans they had uh, this enormous uh record collection and pretty much from the day i was born i think uh i've been hearing uh beatles music and uh not co- coincidentally the beatles are my favorite band of all time right on i've been listening to them basically my entire life they're just a band that i can it doesn't matter how bad my day happens to be going i just i put on a beatles record and uh you know my problems just kind of melt away for a little while right my parents um had you know just uh, lots of uh different uh rock rock and roll records uh the rolling stones bob dylan uh the who um janice joplin the doors uh, leonard cohen so it was all rock and roll then. You, 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 yeah, um, yeah. They, they, you know, they were into. They had like you know classical and soundtracks and that as well. But primarily, uh, you know, rock and roll was their thing. So can you can you zero back in on a song or an album that you kind of feel like um, that defined uh, a period of time for you in your life? I would say that. Uh, an album that really had a uh, profound uh, influence in on me was uh, uh, in 1985. 1985 was really the year that I became a, uh, a a diehard music fan. I started collecting it and spent any you know extra money that I had. I would spend on music and uh, an album that. Uh, really changed me in a profound way was uh, the uh, Generation X uh, self-titled which was released in 1978 and uh, Generation X was a band that uh, was fronted by Billy Idol Uh uh-huh yep I know who they are yeah Yeah, and uh, a friend of mine actually had the album and and he made a cassette copy of it for me and I that album basically was my gateway into uh punk rock music punk rock music was the first type of music that i really uh really started uh uh, collecting um and uh, along those same lines another another record that uh is probably just as important to me or actually probably even a little more is uh never mind the bollocks here's the sex pistols by the sex pistols right on which i how can it not uh, be right yeah it's uh you know it's it's a classic and that that album i i first heard why i first heard it also in 1985 
but I didn't uh, purchase it until 1986. And then the Sex Pistols quickly became my favorite band. My first favorite. They were my very first favorite band. And I started collecting, you know, vinyl and posters and T-shirts and uh, anything I could get my hands on stickers. Um, so, yeah, I would yeah, I would say uh, those two records were definitely the two that, cha- you know, got me, made me a, a music fan. Yeah, and I think you touched on something, which is we can be around music uh, growing up in, in our early years. There can be music around the house and things like that. But I think I think um, that as a as a true music fan and um, maybe, you know, I'm just speculating, but maybe you don't really become a music fan until you start having allowances and having your own money that you can spend on records and things like that. I don't know, but all that kind of seems to occur with uh, a lot of people around that same age frame, which for you, you just said you, you would have been 15 years old, right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, once, uh, you know, that's that's probably like uh, your freshman year in high school or something like that uh, at 15. And so uh, you start to hang out with those those uh, like minded people that uh, are getting into music and spending their uh, uh, allowances on music and whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, um, yeah, I kind of kind of identify with that. So. Uh, completely understand that and um so tell tell us what what were some of the first album purchases that you uh made there's four albums that immediately uh, spring to mind and uh i got them around the same time uh around 1984 and into 1985 they are uh duran duran uh seven and the ragged tiger Duran Duran was one, was also uh, the first uh, 45 that I purchased uh, was the Duran Duran uh, single, uh, Is There Something I Should Know? Yeah. Um, I was a big fan of them when I was like 12, 13. Yep. On, another one was Van Halen 1984 uh, and Rat Out of the Cellar. Those are the two uh, first uh, hard rock. And I guess, depend, I, I know some people consider Rat heavy metal, Um some consider them rock hard rock yeah uh, yeah um so uh those two i all you know obtained also in 1984 and then the uh the fourth one was the uh actually uh this was even i think this was even before i heard generation x and the sex pistols i i got the soundtrack to the uh the 1984 cold classic uh repo man which, which for a lot of people that don't know that movie, it is a cult classic. And if uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, it had uh, Emilio Estevez in it, right? Yeah, and uh, the recently uh, deceased uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Yep, and it was uh, primarily it was a punk soundtrack, right? Yeah, it was all yeah, it was all punk. Black Flag, uh, Circle Jerks, um, Fear. Yeah, all the big suicidal tendencies. Uh, Iggy Pop actually sang the theme song. Yeah, so it's a really, really diverse um, group of four records, right? Because um, you have represented their um, punk, which you said you got into punk pretty much. That was your first 
uh, music of choice. Uh, and then you've got your hard rock represented by Van Halen and rat. Uh, and then you've got pop, uh, you know, represented by Duran Duran. So it's quite a diverse thing because, uh, obviously, the most least unpunk thing in the world is probably Duran Duran. And then you've got, <laughs> yeah. and then you've got punk and then probably the least, uh, rock and roll thing for a punker would have been like probably rat or <laughs> Van Halen, more rat than anything because they were a little bit, uh, flashy and, and glamish. So I, I'm guessing that punkers probably didn't look, uh, really, uh, too fondly onto them. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, I've always uh, kept my uh, my music taste as diverse as possible. I also, in addition to punk and rock and pop, I also uh, I've 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 been a, f- a fan of rap music for a long time. Uh, I've been a fan of. Uh, you like it all. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, and you know what? Everything. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I applaud that because uh, it's it's weird for me because I think I was um, uh, musically prejudiced for a long time in my teens where I didn't want to hear anything that wasn't hard rock or metal. But what it did for me is that as I grew and and, um, uh, aged and got more mature, it opened up a world for me to be able to go back and discover so much music that I'd kind of turned my nose up at one point in time in my life. So it's great because um, even though people may have been listening to uh, Prince or Duran Duran or R.E.M. or or The Police for years and years and years, it was like hearing a new band for me. I mean, obviously, I'd heard them before, but I hadn't uh, dug into the full records and the back catalog and all that stuff. So um, I think it's a I think it's a good thing. So very cool. Thank you. Any uh, any concerts of note that impacted you in a positive or negative way uh growing up well um my my first uh real concert was uh sting uh at the forum on march 20th 1988 nice and um i actually uh i was uh i went on uh a uh a, a, a website called setlist uh FM um, and found the set list from that night and uh, actually uh, he played a lot of police songs he played like eight police songs that night Uh Um, unfortunately this tour was the uh, the nothing like the sun tour this is second album and uh, he'd gone in he'd gone uh, pretty uh, jazzy at this point his music had uh, become quite jazzy and the uh, the police songs I remember were played as such. They were they weren't played as uh, you know as, as rocking as, as they were originally intended in the police. They were kind of jazzed up and uh, you know I guess kind of adult contemporaryized for lack of a better word. And um, unfortunately. Uh, for me personally, uh, I, I didn't care for it, and uh, you know it, uh, it's somewhat embarrassing for me to say that Sting, you know, is my first concert uh, because uh, you know I know that people, some you know, uh, 
a lot of people are not too fond of Sting, you know, particularly because, you know, I, you know, and I'm with them. A lot of his uh, material after about the first album, uh, you know, gets kind of, I don't know, a little too uh, uh, family friendly for my taste. Uh, I, but um, I like Sting. I like the police, and I don't think you should ever be embarrassed about music. I've heard doing this show just in the short amount of time I've done this show, I've heard way wor- way worse first concerts than Sting. I can tell you that. Yeah, I've heard a few really funny ones myself. Um, actually, uh, you know, it's I uh, yeah, I've, I uh, I don't really go to concerts that much anymore. Just uh, you know, money's you know part of it, and sure. another part of it. You know, my my wife isn't a fan of concerts, and um, I uh, I I just I don't know. It just there are some bands that I, I, I haven't seen that I still do want to see. I'd really like to see Van Halen. I never saw them. Um, and I'd really like to see Paul McCartney. I've never seen him. Uh, and yeah, there's, there's, there's a handful of bands that I, I I'd like to see, but, um, uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, a lot of the, concerts that i went to that that really had a uh, profound effect on me were bands that i I don't think any of your listeners will have heard of a lot of them were local to where i'm from uh, orange county california and they were not they some a lot of them were not around for very long like maybe a year or two and they only really played locally and but um you know they they had a profound effect on me but I've I've seen a lot of uh, big concerts as well, and I remember uh, I think probably uh, of all of the big concerts that I've seen, the the one that had the the biggest uh, effect on me was when I saw the Sex Pistols in 1996 at the Hollywood Palladium. That was when they were reunited, right? I re- I kind of remember that. Yeah, it was their first reunion tour, and they got uh, Glenn Matlock, who was their original bass player. Uh, they got him back to play on the tour, and it was just it was just amazing. I mean, they sounded so good. And uh, there's a live album that they actually released uh, during that time uh, called Filthy Lucre Live that is a really good live album. I'm, I, I'm sure that it's been touched up. It was touched up in the studio you know overdubs and whatnot but it's a really good live album and they were so good that night that i saw them right on very cool awesome well so um before we uh we kind of put an end to all this um what uh what are you listening to today what are some of your bands of choice today uh, let's see. Um, I'm actually, I mostly listen to podcasts nowadays. I don't really, uh, I don't really listen to much music, but, uh, when I, when I do listen to music, a lot of my, you know, favorites, the Beatles, Kiss, uh, Frank Zappa, Black Sabbath. What's your favorite uh, Beatles record? I usually, when, when I, uh, when I do like, you know, like, lists or whatever i usually just say the stereo box set but i know that's cheating yep i need a specific (laughs) album sir yes if i had to if i had to pick a specific album 
I would probably go with Sergeant Pepper. Awesome. Very cool choice. Okay, cool. Do you have anything you want to tell the listeners before we uh, close this thing out? Uh, Well, basically, I just want to say that uh, I I really applaud uh, you, Stephen, and and your your co-host, Sonny Pooney, for starting this podcast. And I know... You know, it's 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 not easy to do a podcast. It's you know there. Well, for one thing, there's just so many damn podcasts. That's a fact. <laughs> and, and particularly, especially music podcasts. I think there's more music podcasts than any other podcast. Yeah. So I I I hope you guys uh, keep at it, and I hope that uh, you continue to get lots of great guests. Um, I really enjoyed your interview with uh, Phil Schaust from the Gene Simmons Band. Awesome. And uh, I, I really, really liked your uh, Rock and Pod episodes. Um, I liked all of the Rock and Pod episodes that I've heard. Every, I've tried to listen to as many of them as I can. And boy, there's uh, a lot just, of them. <laughs> yeah, there sure are, and they keep coming too. Yeah, yeah. With um, all the podcasters at that thing, we'll have we we have content for days between yeah. all the podcasts, and it's all great too. I mean, every single one. I just I just hearing you know everybody meeting for the first time and just shooting the shit and you know just uh, coming together at this thing that you know is like a. The, the first of its kind and hopefully many more to come. And I certainly will, uh, be at the, the next one. If there are, there's already talk of, uh, the, I mean, there's, oh, yeah. Chris Sinzak's already pretty much confirmed that there is going to be an, a part two oh, and yeah. I'll be definitely be it. Assuming it's in, I mean, um, he mentioned possibly having it in Canada, um, which is, you know, that's fine, but I, I don't know if I'll be able to, Nah, do Canada. <laughs> I, I think I think that uh, I think we're all going to not let him do that. I think it's going to end up being in Nashville again because that'd uh, be great. Everybody seems to like Nashville, but um, you know, and it seems like there's a lot of local artists there that can come out and do signings. Think about think about this, Andrew. By the time we get done listening to all the content that came out from this uh, 2017 Rock and Pod Expo, it'll be time for the 2018 Rock and Pod Expo. Seriously, it will. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> so usually, between all the podcasts, we can get enough content that'll actually last the entire year in between the two expos. Yeah. So that's cool, and then we got the Kiss Expo coming up in uh, in January here in Atlanta. So and so, I assume you're going. That'll provide. Yeah, well, Grown Up Rock's going to have a table there. We're gonna. Cool. We're gonna, we're gonna be there, and I think uh, so you might you might get an exclusive with Vinny. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen in any way, shape, or form. But I am looking forward to maybe trying to uh, get some listener stories and and uh, yeah. get some people to tell us their best Kiss stories or their best Vinnie Vincent stories, whatever. Um, so it, it should be fun time. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Awesome. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Quickly, pick a, pick a song to play us out. What song would you like to hear to play us out? Uh, I'm going to... Um, can I, I, I can pick any song. You can pick any song you want, dude. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick the, uh, it's the theme song to my, uh, my favorite uh, TV drama of all time. 
uh, if you've if you've been friends with me on uh, Facebook, you notice you, you'll you'll have noticed that uh, my my TV, my favorite TV show uh, since 2012 uh, had been uh, Sons of Anarchy, and then this past year I discovered Dexter. And I got really, really, really into Dexter, and then uh, uh, towards the end of that show's run, it really started to get kind of lame uh-huh. and crappy. But anyway, so I've I've reverted back to Sons of Anarchy is once again my favorite TV show of all time, and the song that I'm choosing is the theme song. It's called This Life. And I believe it's uh, by Curtis, Curtis Stigers. Yes, it is. Yeah, I love that song, and I love that show, and I think that's a great song to end with. All right, this life, Curtis Stigers. Here you go, Andrew. I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you, uh, Stephen. We'll see you. Peace out. Right into this world, all alone. God takes your soul. You're on your own The crow flies straight A perfect line On the devil's bed Until you die This life is short Baby, that's a fact Better live it Life till you die. You better.